Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast where two bit of film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then we talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K and I'm joined by... Uh, You're joined by Ben Errington. Joined by Ben Errington. Uh, last You're time, joined by me. I'm joined by him. We are enjoined to be all one. Uh, last time we talked about Let the Right One In. It's a very good film, I think it's my favourite so far. Uh, it's bloody fantastic, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? It was. No, so, so this this film this week has got a lot to you know, a lot to live up to. It's got a hell of a lot to live up to. Yeah. You know, it's it's a difficult di- coming off the back of the best review we've given. Yeah. Could this be it? Could this be just as good? Yeah. Who knows? By the way, I will say uh, at the start of the episode, which we normally do, this this film has spoilers. If we, this we have yeah. to tell you this every at the start of every episode, if you tend to forget, we will be talking in great detail about what happens in the film. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's from 1961, so, you know, you've had a while, you've had, you've had a you've while had to watch this film. Yeah. You've had your chance. And if you listen to a podcast now about this 1961 film and you spoiled by it, then you've only got yourself to blame. Don't blame us. We're innocent parties. Yeah, we are innocent. I've got a, so I've got to say here. So if you hear me sort of munching, Kat brought me a cup of tea. Just before we started recording a cup of tea and free custard creams. So, um, that's a that's a pretty, me. That's a pretty good custard cream to, to cup of tea ratio. Free. I feel like that's that's I mean that's that's good. Two, I think two standard, but free is when you're really having a party. It's not enough for me. I could. I could How many on. would? I could, could you go. consume a whole? Could you consume a whole brick of custard creams? Biscuits for days, me. Biscuits for days. <laughs> I got biscuits for days. I got custard creams. The bourbons. Okay. So uh, this week we're going to be talking about the number 31 on the list. We are talking about The Innocents. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what it is about? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'll tell you a bit about what it's about. Uh, the, the Innocents is a 1961 British supernatural gothic horror film directed and produced by Jack Clayton and starring Deborah Kerr. Uh, Kerr, 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 Kerr. Michael Michael Redgrave and Megs Jenkins. Based on the novella The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, the plot follows a governess who watches over two children and comes to fear that the house is haunted by ghosts and that the two children are being 
possessed. Okay, so this is what the Empire folks had to say about it. Um, the title is different, but The Innocence is otherwise an elegant and extremely faithful adaptation of Henry James' perennial classic, The Turn of the Screw. A governess takes charge of two creepy children who appear to be being haunted by previous incumbents of their rackety estate. It didn't seem very rackety to me. Uh, but the film preserves James' crucial ambiguity. Ambig- ambiguity. <laughs> Are the children really in danger from ghosts? Or from a sort of supernatural Munchausen by proxy stemming from their hysterical guardian? The answer is up to you. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. I blame the biscuit on that sort of little tongue twister there. Too much custard cream. Always okay. blaming the biscuit. <laughs> uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, um, you got 96% fresh. On IMDb, uh, 7.9. So that's very, that is very good. That's, 7.9. That's high that sevens. is basically the, yeah. that's the best film. This is the best film ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. On the Facebook group, the Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Andy CT, um, he just put up a gif of someone jumping off a cliff. Not really sure what he means by that. Uh, <laughs> is, he t- is he potentially talking about the fabled cliff that I have of well, can't watch a film over a certain date? Is that what you meant? I believe so, yeah. So this film's from 1961. Your, your cliff is the 70s, right? My cliff is like, I'd say, 69. Ooh. <laughs> I, think, I think it is, about, about 69. Obviously, yeah. there are quite... There are there are quite a select few, um, you know, ones that I can watch from from the sixties that I enjoy. Not just mm. horror films, just any genre. Yeah. But other than that, I find myself a, a low sink appears in my stomach if I find out a film comes from a certain era. I go, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> it does feel like sometimes you go into like a film like this and you feel like it's gonna be a bit more work. It's going to be a bit more effort on my part to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Than, than it's I, like it's like when people when people like see you watching a film or someone sees you watch a film, they go, "Ooh, black and white," <laughs> or, or they go, "Ooh, yeah. subtitles." Jesus. Yeah. That that always I always find that kind of strange because I kind of feel like subtitles. Sometimes I have them on anyway, so I just find it like yeah engrosses me even more. I don't know. I actually had I had subtitles on for this film. Did you? Not on purpose. Just when I started watching, I had subtitles on, and I was just too damn lazy to change it. Yeah. And I like the subtitles because they were very good. They were like they they described the stuff. They described a lot of the sound effects um, in very in very interesting ways, and I enjoyed that. Rustling noises, rustling noises. Um, a scream appears in the dis in the near distance. Yeah. Near distance. <laughs> black um, and white pr- children. Oh, black, <laughs> black and white children. We mean children in black and white, not <laughs> yeah. children of yeah. different r- racial. Diversities. So Kev Hurst, also in the in the Facebook group, he said it's more of a thriller, uh, which I kind of agree with. It's, I mean, it's a weird one. Um, really? It's almost like the ambiguity. See, I said it fine then. Uh, the ambiguity uh, is: is it a thriller or is it a supernatural ghost story? That's the ambiguity. Yeah. I, I'm leaning I, I more towards it, supernatural. Yeah, ghosties. I think it's more supernatural. Have you noticed though? Change the subject. Sorry. Mm. When Michael Jackson is describing. <laughs> Um, everything that happens in the song Thriller. Yeah. He's describing a horror. He's not describing a thriller. That is a very good point. And there's like zombie dancers <laughs> in it. That's, if that, if he was thriller. describing a thriller, plot twist, who did the murder? That's, that's a thriller. He's describing a horror. Someone it's, should have gone to him. Mike. Mike. MJ. Mickey J. Obviously, you don't watch films. They don't explain the genres. And then he needs to. Um, I mean, it's, it's a subgenre, really, isn't it? It's like horror, uh, horror, uh, zombie horror. 
So that, so he really needs to define what the song actually is before singing it out like that and getting it wrong. If you sing, if some, if you're watching a horror movie and then you start singing out loud, this is a thriller. People will be like, <laughs> <laughs> people will look at you like, no, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not. So again, uh, I'm going to change the subject again. I'm sorry, I'm delaying the okay, review just, hugely. Just mental gymnastics, talk, here. go on. Talk, talking, <laughs> sorry, talking to zombies as well. So, oh, doing back, doing back. Oh yeah, I know where we're going. Yeah, George A. Romero, rest in peace. Seventy-seven years old. God damn, what a loss, eh? What a loss to the world. We're actually watching what, what a um, legend. A number of his films pretty soon on the list, so maybe we sure. should have some sort of celebration, celebratory drinks. Yeah. I don't know. And if you're listening to this, we discussed Dawn of the Dead a few episodes back. Well, probably about 10 episodes back now, maybe. Uh, So that might be a good one to go back and listen to. But the godfather of zombies and, you know, without him, zombies wouldn't in pop culture wouldn't be known as they are today at all. Um, So we've got a lot. Isn't that weird? They're so prevalent in like our life. They're not real life, but like like, in everything. Walking Dead, one of the most popular TV shows in the world at the moment, wouldn't exist without him. Gate, certain horror games wouldn't exist without him, so yeah, uh, huge shame. But uh, what was the last George A. Romero movie? I thought made? he was working on one now. I thought he was working on a, a new. Uh, it might have been Diary of the Dead or something. I don't, I'm not too sure, but I thought he was Di- working on like a more recent one. All oh, right, Diary of the Dead it was done, wasn't it? I think yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I, I thought that was like the last one he, he put out. I don't know. Ah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll do an actual Romero episode at some point soon. We'll get into that. Uh, when the time is right. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this film, The Innocents. This film. Have you read the novella? Have you seen this before? Did you know what it is? Did you no. enjoy it? No, 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 and no, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I may have I may have given too many no's there. Um, I've never, I'd never, I'd, I'd heard of this. Maybe just like the title. Maybe seen some of the imagery. Never yeah. seen it. Never read the book. Um, the turning of the Screw. Screw. <laughs> get get very confused with that and the turning. I, I always thought it was a turning. Thing, Turn, yeah, I always thought it was something. I thought it was a, there's the a, turning. There's, there's, a, there's a taming of a shrew. All right, okay, which I think might be why. Thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I always think shrews. You know, they're not very. You know, they're not very wild. They don't need taming. Taming of the shrew is a Shakespeare work. Whoops. Right. Yeah. Anyway, no, no, I've never seen this before. Um, but yeah, I think I enjoyed it. I think it had a good vibe. Um, it was a little bit creepy. I got the goose, the old goose pin please a couple of times, you goose know, a couple please, of bits yeah. and things. Um, it was a little bit OTT. Some of the characters weren't the best. The governess, played by Deborah Kerr, Kerr Deborah Kerr, <laughs> bit bit annoying after a while. Yeah. Bit OTT. Uh, the kids, kids were all right, I guess. Very, very charming. Too, a little too charming. The, but I think that's part of, that's part of the idea, isn't it? Very charming, but sinister. Yeah, they're very creepy thought, children. Singing out find... Willy songs. <laughs> oh, Willy songs, and then and obviously we get the uh, the the sort of housekeeper lady as well. I mean, she was she was pretty cool. Common as muck. Yeah. I, Common you know, as muck. I, I, I was watching this and it was like um, a lot of the films like around this time, like the, the Hammer horror films and stuff that I've seen. I've not seen many. Um, they they always seem to take from the point of view of middle class middle class to upper class English people. I was like, hang on yeah. a sec, where's our where's the working class like story? They're, they're like. When did that? Come on. I'd be, I'd be interested to actually, just as a sort of um, a side project, look into that, that whole idea of when did working class people start to actually get a, a point of view in story? And yeah, yeah, that's true. Did the working class people, did, did they go and watch these films and think, 
I reckon can really relate to the maid. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to see these films from the point of view of some working class Yorkshiremen, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I think um, it's interesting. Um, the sound design was pretty yeah. cool. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, so this is 10 years after um, the Universal Monster films we've watched so far. And I was like, what, what's the main difference here? What's the thing that's leveled up the most? And it's definitely the sound. Like, when I think of it, especially Dracula, the Bela Lugosi one, when I was a little bit earlier, but a little bit earlier, but that was like that had no sort of score or anything, and this had like no. the whole reverby, echoey delays, the, the creepy singing children. Yeah, it was it was a bit like overwhelming at times, like not in a hugely bad way, but it was very very like unsettling. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you kind you kind of wanted it to stop, and when it did stop, you're like, oh, that's a relief. So you kind of felt that parallel with the relief of the main character. Occasionally, when... it was like someone playing with the guitar effects pedal, like just turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Like that whole like um, that reef slap delay thing, they're turning right up. There's always like yeah. a horrible scream in the distance that people yeah. just completely dis like basically ignored. There'd be a horrible blood curdling scream, and someone go, "What was that?" And I go, "Don't know." We have ah! to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, over is pretty good. Uh, I think, um, like I said, the sound design was the best thing for me. Um, so shall we get into the story? Yeah. Do we, okay. do we talk about the major players? Obviously, there aren't many, but okay. So major players, we've got Deborah Kerblimey uh, as Miss Giddens. She's the governess, which I think is uh, like nanny. I don't know why they call yeah. her the governess. She's a, yeah. a nanny, right? I don't know. Maybe. She, well, I don't know if she's a nanny. She's sort of like the person who rules the roost at, the, at this at this lovely house. I don't know. It's, it's weird. So it's kind of like a, a glorified okay. nanny, isn't it? They've yeah. gone, you're, this, is, this is a job for a nanny. But if we put it in yeah. the paper and we call it a governess, yeah. more people are going to come forward. Yeah. Don't just put a nanny. She, she gets paid more. She's got certain skills that a nanny just does not possess. She gets paid a shitload. <laughs> okay. And what, what, one of one of her um, qualifications is that she just loves children. That's that's made very clear from the start that she just loves children loves so much. So much. I just love their little hands and faces. <laughs> uh, Miles is one of the little hands and little faces person. Uh, little man. Uh, he's played by Martin Stevens. Uh, his little sister's Flora. It's played by Pamela Franklin. I don't know if these people went on to do anything special after this. Who knows? I don't really look into it. Uh, Miles looks like he's got a career as a, uh, I don't know, like a sort of creepy, he's kind of charming in a sort of pale, creepy way. I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then we've got Peter Quint, uh, played by Peter Wingard and Miss Jessel. She doesn't get her first name. I don't even think Miss Giddens does, uh, but she's played by Clytie Jessup. Um, but yeah, so nice, robust cast. Um, so how does Bust. it start? <laughs> it starts with the old governess applying for the job, and she goes and meets uh, the dude. Who, uh, I mean, I've got, a lot of res- I've got a lot of respect for this guy, don't you? I was just got to say, it, does create, it starts with a Willie song. It sounds like the same oh, yeah, oh, old Willow, <laughs> old Willow w- w- Wiley or something, but it sounds like it's saying, oh, Willie, Willie. <laughs> oh, really, 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 Okay, um, but then it's, willy, it's just that—it's just that over the black. Now that—that's so the sound design already from the start is great. Um, there's just black, and there's a 20th century fox thing happening. They don't—they don't go with the normal. They have like the the willy 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 willy. They have the creepy willy willy. Sorry. 
Um, and then, you know, sets the tone all over it. And then you're right. So then Miss Giddens, that's, if she needs a first name, don't call her Miss Giddens. This is that's 2017. Cool. Yeah. Miss Are Giddens. we assuming her gender here? <laughs> don't assume my gender, mate. Don't assume Miss Giddens' gender. Yeah. Let's just call her Sally. The governor. See, I don't like her already. I don't like Sally. Let's go back to Miss. Uh, Arnold. Okay, uh, so Miss Giddens. <laughs> <laughs> she applies, she applies for, a for a job with with a man who basically I've got nothing but respect for, this guy. <laughs> this he's like he's like the uncle of these two children. Yeah. And he's and he's sort of he become the sole guardian of them for a reason. What is well, that reason? Yeah, I mean his brother or I think it's his brother died. Their their dad died or something. Um and he lit this uncle dude literally does not give one solitary shit yeah. <laughs> about these kids. He's like, These kids are nothing but a bloody hindrance to me. I just like going about my business. He's like smashing up the casino. Yeah. Uh, just like- obviously womanizing. Yeah, drinking, doing all this stuff. He's got no time for kids. So he's just like, I've slung him in this house. I've got a nice house, but I've slung him in this house. Yeah, and uh, I need a new governess to go there and uh, basically rule the roost. Yeah, and he says you have absolute control. He also says I have no room for children, both mentally and emotionally. And I was like, oh. and then it got me thinking. I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you were just like I've got so much in common with this guy. <laughs> I just feel like there's a certain amount of like energy you need. I mean, you you have a child. You must there must be a lot of energy needed to sort of look after one. Yeah, but I think you adapt in time. I think <laughs> I think I think, I think when right. she when she when she appeared on on Earth, you know, that's how it happened. She just appeared on Earth. Um, I was very much probably similar to you, where I was just like, Jesus Christ, what the hell <laughs> am I going to do? And then you just adapt, and then you learn to, you know, they become a part of your life, a very important part, and then that's it. You're lumbered with them forever. Well, at least till they're 18. Yeah. Uh, then you can let them off out into the world. You just let them out of the front door. So, <laughs> go on, then. But, yeah, go on, then. Out, out you go. But, um, yeah, I know, what you, I know what you mean. Um, but this guy is, uh, you really? know, he's also he's also like, I don't want to hear anything about him. I don't want to yeah, talk to him. Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? I want absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah. No room mentally or emotionally for his niece or nephew. Yeah. Um, oh, so, that's his, yeah, but I mean, at least he's honest and forthright about it. At least he's got the money to get a governess in. You know, they're pretty pricey. Come on, imagine he didn't. <laughs> He'd be like, I've been absolutely stitched up with these kids. Yeah. He'd he run would, away. He would run away. <laughs> he would push them in the lake. Okay, so um, so he's got this. Uh, he basically keeps these kids in this like lovely country estate manor house type thing called Bly, and um, he sends Miss Giddens, Miss Giddens over there to to look after it. Apparently, the previous governess, uh, Miss Jessel, died. We don't really know much about that at first. Uh, Miss Giddens says, "I bloody love children." She goes on about how much she loves them. I love um, children. I love them more than chocolate. Yeah. I love children more than um, the cold side of the pillow. She yeah, loves them. Yeah. Uh, so she, like, she, um, I got Mary, Mary Poppins vibe when she rocks up. She's like looking around, like I can't wait to clean this. Like she's like really into the house. I can't, so. I can't wait to clean it. I can't wait to clean this. I can't wait to get my new rubber gloves on. Yeah, definitely Mary Poppins yeah. vibe from young Miss Giddens. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so I, I guess the first point is she meets Miss Groves, who's the working class n- nanny. She, I guess she's a nanny or a cook or something. 
Um, and then she meets Flora, who's the daughter, who's the, the orphan girl. The, the brother isn't there yet, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, he's at, he's he's away at boarding school at, the, at this particular moment. Yeah, yeah. And then Flora makes a very strange comment where she says, I, I'm delighted that he's coming home. And uh, Miss Giddens is like, he's at boarding school, mate. What you want about? In the holidays, dear, yeah. Um, In the holidays, don't be silly. Flora says lots of weird stuff. Um, there's a point where she says, oh, look. There's a, you see a butterfly on this leaf and you think, oh, that's quite pretty. And she says, oh, look at this. It's a spider eating a butterfly. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> she's not even looking at that. She's looking at it being eaten by something else. And that's the beautiful How lovely. Nature. Yeah. Very um, nice. She says something else as well. She says, some, like, there's a noise. Like, maybe one of the screams that you're talking about. And Miss Giddens is like, what What was that? And, um, yeah, it's like a pop. <laughs> and then um, uh, Flora's like, we must pretend we didn't hear it. There's like a lot of little, little creepy... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy things like that, I mean... Like she knows something that we don't know. Yeah. Young Flora. So then, uh, at some point, if she's having a bath or something, she's a very normal girl. She's like, Miles is coming home tomorrow or something. She seems to know... That he's going to be coming home. Is there any? There's no yeah. ghosty stuff at this point. I don't think is there. No, no, no ghosty. We're we're zero on the old ghostometer okay. at this particular moment. But yeah, and then the next day, uh, a letter is sent to the house, which says Miles, he's been a very bad boy, and uh, he's coming home from boarding school. He's been expelled. Doesn't say what for, does it? Uh, they just can't put up with him or something. Like he just too, he's just he's too just stressful. Ed doing. He's Ed doing. It doesn't do one thing. It's it's not one thing. It's he's just it's he just there's all these little things, you know. It all adds up. Yeah, just like him. Just like nah, I can't be dealing with it. That's what I'm thinking. Just like brush your teeth weird. He, the way he parts <laughs> his hair. Take him. I can't have him. Yeah, yet. that's something I hate. Yeah. Uh, so Miles does actually um, turn up. Uh, seems nice enough. In fact, he seems weirdly nice. Like too he's, nice. He's um. He talks really flirtatiously to Miss Giddens. Like he, uh, I don't know. He goes yeah. on about how beautiful she is all the time. Um, it, he's just very front, upfront about it all, about uh, how like lovely she is and stuff. <laughs> oh, Miss Giddens, you're looking bloody lovely today. You what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty much that. Um, but yeah, give us a smile. Give us a smile. Oh, <laughs> it's um. I mean, you kind of know straight away there's something off with Miles. Yeah. Um, he's he, he's got I don't know I don't know how to describe his face. I don't know if it's the black and white photography sort of makes it more creepy, but it looks like he's got like a alabaster sort of doll's face. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah. Little dolly, little little ceramic doll's face, creepy little boy. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, and then and both of them, so him and Flora, start just displaying a sort of quite odd. Behaviors are kind of like having a little sneaky secret talk and like stuff like that, and uh, yeah, um, they're sort of uh, suspicious, right? So you you look at them, you think there's something odd with these two. They're up to something. They are up to something there, and um, Miss Giddens sort of talks to um, the Miss is it Mrs. Gross? Yeah, Groves or Gross. Talks to them about about their strangeness and something, and sort of starts to get delve a little bit into. The past of these other two people who lived there. So right. there was yeah, like the previous so governess. 
Yeah, so the previous governess who was Miss Jessel, and then Peter Quint, who was like the valet to to her uncle, to, to their uncle. Sorry, is that what, true? What's valet mean? Does that mean he just takes his car, sorts his car out? Yeah, must be. Well, drive. What does it mean? Drive him as well? Uh, I don't know. Right, yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they sort of find out a little bit about the past of that. But th- I think she starts doing it because she starts hearing voices sort of around the house. Sees a couple of strange visions. Yeah, yeah. Peter Quint in the window, uh, just obviously doing a bit of window cleaning outside. <laughs> but she takes it over over the top and screams. <laughs> and then... Yeah, so, so she sees him at the top of this little outhouse tower thing, and then she I think she asks Miss Gross about it, and she's like, "Yeah, so there was this guy. Uh, oh no, so they're playing hide and seek. That's it. And this is yeah. a pretty good bit. This actually sort of scared me. Um, so they're, they're hiding, playing hide and seek. She, uh, Miss Giddens goes and hides behind a curtain. She's next to a window, and then the face." Sort of floats towards the window out of pure dark. Yeah, so it is that face. That's that's the expression. <laughs> you, you can't see the, you can't see the video feed if you listen to the podcast. But Ben just did it. Ben nailed it. I nailed it. If they do a remake of uh, this and you need a Peter Quint, it's me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was it was ghoulish. It was it was terrifying. Um, and then she screams, and then she goes, "Oh, who's this man?" And then um, we find out that she's seen the picture. And then Miss Grove's like, oh, okay, that's Peter Quinn. Him and Miss Jessel were having it off for a while. They make it out that, like, um, uh, he was abusive to her or something, and they, they used to be indecent in front of the children. Um, they yeah. tell exactly what's going on, but they don't like... There's there's a lot of public displays of affection going on uh, between those two. It was improper. PDA. Yeah. Well, I think they might have been having it off in front of him as well, which is... Uh... That's just naughty, isn't it? That's just do we actually find out? On. Do we actually find out what killed him? Because she says he fell down the stairs or something. Yeah, she says like um, it was one winter, wasn't it? And he sort of fell down some stairs and broke his neck. Bloody clumsy git. Uh, yeah, but after after he died, Miss Jessel sort of went into a deep depression and ended up drowning herself. Bad Which I feel get. like would. Mm. I- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I feel like that'd be, that's a way to go, and it? Drowning yourself. Yeah. Like, I reckon I'd just 
get halfway through and like, come up, I just come up for air naturally. I don't think I could like stay down there. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's the same reason you can't just hold your breath and like just. No, yeah. well, then again, I don't know. I'm sure you could. Could you drown yourself? I don't know if it's the easiest way to do it. You'd have to put some gold concrete boots on. You yeah. have to be sleeping sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. Some of those concrete boots you got in your boot cupboard. <laughs> um, They're my favourites. <laughs> new rocks. Did you ever used to wear new rocks? Or do you know what new rocks were? <laughs> new rocks. No. <laughs> what were they like? Do you know? Okay, new rocks. So like there was when um, Grebos were like trendy. Like, that, like everyone was wearing like the long leather coat. Yeah. <laughs> These were new rocks. And they were these giant gothic. What are they like? Um, Dot Martens? No, <laughs> way bigger than them. Oh, like, oh, like sort of platform shoes. Yeah, I know which one. Platforms that went all the way up to like just below the knee. And um... <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> did, you have, did you have a pair? I was never. I was. That was more for like um, the murder dolls sort of crowd. You know what I mean? I was yeah, more into Pantera. I was wearing Converse as a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Dan Bagdaro. That's that's what I was doing. I had my Slipknot hoodie on, mate. That's what <laughs> I did. Nothing wrong with that. I had a Slipknot hoodie as well. My first. It was my first metal hoodie. Yeah, I think it might be my first metal hoodie as well. Very heavy. Very heavy, but no uh, no sexy boots. Okay, got you were missing out. Um, right, so where are we in the story? Okay, so um, we kind of find out that there's two dead people, and we see him a little bit more here and there. There's there's a slight scenes where Miss Giddens is walking through the hallway, and then we see like, one of them pass across the hallway, which is a bit of a trope in itself, and we see that all the time these days. Um, yeah. But it is effective. Um, but I like it. I like it when it happens with no sound, no accompanying jolt of like violins or something. Do you know what I mean? When it yeah. happens with no sound, it is genuinely creepy. Yeah. But when that happens, when it happens in like games and stuff, there was definitely some stuff in like Resident Evil Seven where you'd walk towards a door and someone would suddenly walk past, completely yeah. silent, nothing added to the to the soundtrack or anything like that, and it's so so effective because. Yeah. Even though you kind of half suspect it, when you actually see it happen, you're like, whoa. If you saw that in real life, what would you do? Because that must be, like, you didn't know the person. Ah! <laughs> I don't know, you probably just, you'd st- I think you'd stop completely dead, just like, what the, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when that happens in modern horror, with the big, with the sort of accompanying violin. Um, it, it gets, like, it says, ah! Yeah, it gets that kind of, <laughs> yeah, that kind that of, is, like, yeah, like, that's all. That is scary. That is a loud noise is scary. It gives you start, you start, start or reflex sort of going. A loud score, a loud score, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's an there's an advert currently on at the cinema for Cars Free, and it's so loud at the start of it. It's made me jump three times. It's made me jump three times. I'm like, Car Cars Free is the scariest, <laughs> scariest film of the year so far for me, just because the trailer it starts. It's not really loud noise. I go, like, fuck you, Jesus Christ, yeah. Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. I've only seen the first one, I think. Uh, not my favourite Pixar film, but still pretty good. But um, So anyway, we get the idea that Miss Giddens suspects that those two people who died are essentially possessing the children as a way of sort of continuing their relationship. I mean, it's quite a jump. In terms it is of, quite a jump know. in logic. I, didn't, that's, I think that's one of the that confused me. I didn't know how she got there and what she thought, how she thought she was going to cure but them. But here, here, I think we start to see that she is quite intense, Miss Giddens. <laughs> she, even though she appears at the start and in the early stages of the film as quite a sort of level-headed yeah. woman, a little less to... Mary Poppins and a little more crazy. She's very lady. much like jumping to conclusions 
instead of being like super scared by these things, she very much like takes out on the kids a little bit. Not in like a, she's not like she loses her temper a few times. Um, yeah. But we, this is what I find quite interesting. I was like, we don't know anything about her past at all. Yeah. And even though she, that, yeah. even though she was supposed to be like quite a passive protagonist as such, I kind of felt a little bit of an uneasiness towards her, and I don't know if that was necessarily on purpose i don't know whether we were supposed to feel that but i kind of felt she was reacting in some strange ways and i kept thinking when she was saying oh, i love children i love children oh, super so creepy yeah i thought maybe she like maybe she's lost a child in the past and that affects like how she deals with things now maybe that's yeah. the reason why she sort of went for the job because she wants to like be around children again um i think was, uh, i think that there is maybe there's more in the novel uh but i think you're right i think the reason she's got this whole munchausen by proxy sort of thing going on is because maybe she lost a kid due to ill health or something at some point yeah um but yeah uh so at some point i don't know how she decides she's going to sort of cure them but um I, I think she sort of gets so there's one bit where she goes out to the lake house and um flora is dancing around and miss jessel's ghost is there just on the other side of the lake and she forces her to look at her um and then she sort of erupts in these screams and like but like they, they say that she she says she can't see the person, can't see the ghost, but she's like freaking out. Yeah, but Miss Giddens can see the ghost. But um, when Mrs. Um, Gross, Gross yeah. arrives to sort of say what's going on, she can't see the ghost either. Yeah. So it was this point where I'm thinking, can just Miss Giddens see this ghost? And for what reason can she just yeah. see the ghost? Yeah. Are the kids playing up to it? Or maybe when the kids aren't possessed per se, they can't see the ghost either? Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yeah, there is also a weird bit where um, um, Miss Giddens finds Miles walking out in the garden at mm. night. And uh, when she takes him back to bed, he's a bit like, well, I thought you were bored of be having such a having such a well-behaved child. I thought, yeah. why not mix it up a bit and be a little shitbag? And she was just like, <laughs> yeah, you little knobhead. Um, well, and then he, and then he kisses and yeah. then he kisses her, doesn't he? Smooches her. Is that that bit? Is that the dead bit? He's got like the dead bird with a broken neck under his pillow. Yeah, so yeah. Keep, he's like, I'm, I'm keeping it warm. And uh, I'll bury it in the morning. And then he kisses her. Tongue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, yeah. It's a uh, weird, like, r- really intense kiss on the lips. And she, her eyes sort of go wide where she's like... And if you haven't seen the film, she like he's a, a little eight-year-old kid or something. Like, he's really young. Um, and he's, like, he's so mature in the way he does everything. And um, I was reading that the, dark, the producers uh, weren't that comfortable with the, the kissing bits because they were like, that's... A little bit too much, but I think that's what's that was like one of the scariest things about it. Um, that Miles yeah. was so it was just like the unnerving yeah. bits like that, where you're a bit like, don't quite know how to react, don't quite know what's going on. That yeah. kind of added to the whole atmosphere and vibe of what was, yeah. you know, what I mean, it was, it, it, I mean, it was a creepy film, it reminded me of a few different sort of um, also films, longer. Like, did you think it was longer? like these older films we've been watching, they tend to be yeah. on the short side, but this is. A good two hours long, I think. I think it was like maybe like an hour forty, maybe. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. was like, which was like, I guess was considerable, considering some of the stuff we watched. It was like an hour yeah. fifteen, hour hour twenty. Yeah. But, um. So she basically says, uh, "Miss Groves, you take Flora, who's still freaking out. Apparently, she's been swearing and stuff. We don't get to see that. Um, it's too hardcore for fuck nuggets." She <laughs> says a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Does she? No. Didn't <laughs> or does she? That oh. must have been in the subtitles. In the subtitles, it said, "Quietly says fuck nuggets" in the background. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. That's, I need to watch the subtitles next time. 
Must be a load of little Easter eggs, like nuggets, yeah. little nuggets there, placed around. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, Flora and Miss Groves go back to London. To London, dear. And then um, Miles, so it just leaves Miles and her. Um, and Miles is super creepy at this point. Like he's he's always a gentleman. He's always in, like he never be put on the back foot in conversation. And for an eight year old kid, ten year old kid, whatever, that's really that's sort of surreal. The way that she'll talk to him and ask him questions, and he'll always outwit her in somewhere or another. Yeah, um, and he's probably, he's probably thinking just me and Miss Giddens in the house. Yeah, <laughs> he's thinking it's on. Now it's time to work the charm. Oh God. I like the oh. fire. What do you say to the fire? I like it when it does that. Burns, whatever he's talking about. And then, uh, do you like it? Uh, it's creepy as fuck, basically. Yeah. Um, so basically, she's tr- she wants to like get him to confess that. What that if she wants to com- confess that on. the ghosts are real? Or confess that, yeah. he, that and he's she possessed? That the ghosts are real, that he's possessed, that he can see them. And he, he, I think by acknowledging them, she kind of thinks that it will like get rid of them yeah. somehow Remove it's almost the like they're, they're lingering yeah. they're lingering because no one's admitting to them being around yeah. which again it is a bit it's kind of strange logic you know yeah but uh so at this point i think uh, she does take him outside right and then there is uh she's telling him to confess and then he's well, laughing I think they're, in a, they're in like a greenhouse for right a yeah he's like he's laughing stuff. at her basically calling her an idiot or something or like swearing um and then you stupid twats <laughs> And then Peter Quint is like floating outside or yeah. he's like laughing in the same way. So it does give that impression that like he is possessed by Peter Quint, go- yeah. the goon, the gooniest face I've ever seen in my life. And then, um, <laughs> and then I think they, she chases him outside or something. Oh yeah. He slips, trips up. Yeah. Yeah. He trips up and then he does kind of admit, doesn't he? Well, does he do? Cause he, um, cause he, yeah. So he, he he admits that he's bad or something like that. That he, I think he just says says his name, didn't he? Um, he said his name, but then she says, "Look at him," and then he goes, "He can't see him." Like he's looking around where. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, "He's there," and then he he starts shouting, "You're you're insane," and then trying to run away. Um, and then it was a bit of a strange bit. This was. Yeah, so I mean, I think they they kept that ambiguity right to the end. Um, this bit sort of is a bit weird. So he he sort of says his name, says he can't see him, and then Miles just drops to the floor. Um, Miss Giddens sort of realizes he's he's dead. Um, well, I kind of thought I kind of thought he just passed out from like the intensity of it, or maybe he'd passed out because um, the spirit left him. But yeah, you know, when, looking at Wikipedia, it says he's dead. I got the impression that he's dead, but then she kisses him like he's an adult, which is Gosh. like just a weird way to end. Yeah. Yeah. So who was possessed? Who was possessed all along? Could she have been possessed? Instead of Flora, could she could have, have been been haunted and just made her do these sort of weird, weird things? I don't know. But the kids were kind of. If the kids weren't possessed, they were um, playing up to the fact that she thought they were. Yeah, possibly. But they've been through a lot, you know, with their parents dying, living living with Uncle yeah. Shithouse. I think they were just problem shit, problem problem kids, even. Yeah, problem shits. I was going to say, <laughs> problem shits, and that's yeah. it. You know, I mean, when you think about it, not that much happens in this film. There's it's a lot, kind of like, lot of slow conversations. A lot of slow conversations. A lot of like things that you see once and then you you see it again, and you know, it doesn't really get dialed up too much. Um, the tension is kind of like the creepy scenes are very much the same all the way through. There's no like I could have had a two-hour crazy film. paranormal so, things. So this is how David Lynch would have done this film. 
It's a two-hour shot of the guy, Peter Quinn, outside with his goony face, just slowly walking towards the window. Like a, <laughs> like a, like a drony on his tone. That'd be scary as fuck. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, been terrifying. Um, and it ends with uh, Miles laughing. Is it? Oh, no, the film. Okay. Oh, uh, no, that, that would, yeah. The, the David Lynch film. Okay. Um, do we do we get the Willie song at the end as well? I think we do. Oh, we didn't mention so all the way throughout the film. There's the Willie song. <laughs> what are they actually saying? Is it like Willow? Oh, Wiley Willow, Willie. Oh, Willie, 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 <laughs> Willie. Oh, Willie, Willie, Willie. <laughs> that's basically that's basically all the way through. Uh, that's the reason he. That's the reason our Miles got expelled because he was just walking around going Willie, Willie. <laughs> Willy, Willy, Willy. Yeah. I love Willies. Oh, no. <laughs> Can't be in a men, male's boarding school if you're saying that. that, that it's, a song, it's a song from the IT crowd. Um, the episode where they go and see um, the gay musical called Gay. And <laughs> one, of the, one of the songs in it is just, Willies, I love Willies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a great episode. Okay. Uh, so it's a good film. I enjoyed it. Um in terms of jump scares, the floating face is what was really effective. Um, the the music, the sound effects are the best thing about it for me, I think. And and Miles yeah. as well, I thought the performance was really good. Um, and that's all I've got to say about it for now. I've got, um, I've got some trivia ready. If you, unless you've got some more stuff to say about the film. Direct, yeah, um, I've got, got some stuff to say, mate. I've got some stuff to say. I've got some stuff. Uh, it was film. good. It was all right, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I like the vibe of it. Um, it was creepy throughout. Mm. Um, skin tingling, creepy. Um, usually, like films are like centered around kids, I get a little bit annoyed by because you know you, we've seen it all before. I know this is 1961. We've kind of seen it all before of like creepy kids. So I mean, there's nothing else that can happen in a film with a creepy kid that hasn't happened dozens of times before. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. It's a horror. Tr- it's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a horror trope that's like dead, unless unless someone can. Re- do you know what I mean? Really, yeah. d- kids that are haunted by something is boring but okay. for some reason this this was like you know what i mean i kind of un- i kind of understood but then i think it's because i gravitated more towards miss giddens rather than sort of like how the kids you, were. Saw, and I think, you saw yourself in the Vanessa, right you saw i saw myself in miss giddens mate <laughs> i thought some of the vision some of the like vis- the visuals were good mm. like the like the ghost of miss jessup being across the way on the water was was very creepy the mm. fact that it didn't like focus in on her or zoom in on her you didn't see her face you were just sort of like quite dark hair dark eyed yeah creepy looking that that was spectre. a bit that was a, a triumph of the production i found with the, the cinematography yeah. in general um I would, I would have liked if it was sort of key that if it if we found out that like she nothing could have been standing there because it was like reeds in the water or something and there was you know no one could have been standing on it it's just yeah it's it would have been water that would have been quite cool to sort of think about her sort of like floating yeah peter quinn was kind of cool as well sort of they, they just portrayed they showed the ghost in the same way each time which was good I didn't want to see them like flying about, or I didn't want to see them keep appearing and making people jump. They kind of just appeared when they needed to. And yeah, that was good. pretty good. Yeah. Oh, okay, so trivia. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, um, the director Jack Clayton once upset everyone by hurling a chair through his office window. The office window was on the first floor, and a chair landed on some executive's parked Mercedes. He's a loose cannon, this Jack Clayton. Oh, and that sounds like it sounds like something Jack Clayton would do, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's sure. true. It's true. As you know, someone else said it happened in their biography or something. Uh, but apparently, Jack Clayton was a bit of a wild card. He uh, he sounds like a, a detective who doesn't play the, by the rules to me. 
I don't play by the rules. Well, that Mercedes should have been parked there. Jack Clayton, okay? PI. Jack Clayton. Okay, uh, that's right. Yeah, so uh, number two. Deborah Kerblimey uh, always regarded this as her finest performance. True. That's also true. Okay, um... Quint's unworldly appearance at the window was achieved by putting actor Peter Wingard uh, in shoes smothered in fairy liquid and then shoved across the floor. <laughs> trying to work out the, the science of that. <laughs> I don't reckon fairy liquid was around in those days. What? You... I'm going to be looking that up. Uh, so it was actually um, a trolley. He was like on this like, trolley and he was um, wheeled up to the window. As just going sort of gliding. As, as the trolley. Yeah. I'm just quickly... Um... Pounding. Actually, now you've said that about fairy liquid, I'm thinking... 1950. He... So it would have been 10 oh, years old. What? Old news was by it, then. Was it as popular? Was it as slippy? It? That's the big yeah, question. Probably not as slippy, I don't reckon. No. We need to find out. Was it as slippy back then? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to Google that. Next week's episode. <laughs> uh, the film is based on the book, The Turban of the Shrew. The what? The turban, did you say the turban of the shrew? <laughs> I don't know, did I? True or false? Uh, false. Okay. The film that was actually based on the book, The Turn of the Screw. Oh, which I still think should be called The Turning of the Screw. The Turn of the Screw sounds wrong. The Taming um, of the Shrew, the, term- <laughs> the Turban of the Screw. The Turban of the Shrew? It, it, these are just words now. Yeah, they don't yeah. mean anything anymore. <laughs> okay, uh... The last question. You've got them all. You've done very well to this uh, this week. I think maybe I've made them a little bit too easy. Uh, in an article in the USA I'm just Today, good yeah, you are good. Uh, Guillermo del Toro chose this as one of his six favorite flight fright flicks. Flight flicks. Flight flicks. Fright. Fright. Flight flicks. One of his favorite uh, horror films, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. GDT. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> GDT. Uh, you can sort of tell, like. Yes, true, but Del Toro is like, um, is all about his ghosts, creepy ghosts. He's a, con- and, he's a connoisseur as well, isn't he? Of children, creepy children. Think about, um, yeah. Spina Bifida, Devil's Backbone, that classic. Yeah. And uh, what was the other creepy children? Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, the ch- creepy ch- children's and that, uh, well, maybe. Sort of. Hellboy, um, before, uh, when you know, when Hellboy was a kid in the, in the film, yeah. you saw him as a little his, thing, you're like, his name is like literally that. Hellboy, like a creepy yeah. kid. Big old fist. Hellboy is a, you know, it's a synonym for creepy child. Creepy, creepy boy, boy. Okay, you got them all right. Way. If you were here, I'd give you a custard cream. Ah, oh, you haven't eaten? Have you eaten them already? We've got one left. Oh shit, it broke. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> I'll have half of it. Can you just feed it to me on the screen? Yeah, I'll upload it in a sec to Dropbox. <laughs> all right, thank you. <laughs> That'd take ages. That's a couple of gig, guys. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a 3D printer set up. I'll send you uh, half a gig. I'll send you it in two packets, in two files. Okay. okay. okay thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to rate the film. Do you know? Do what we? Go? we do. This is what we do. Um, does it live up to the 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 highs, the soaring highs of the last film we watched, Let the Right One In, or even the sequel, I'm Stuck, Let Me Out? I don't know. Um, um, what are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I like it, but I don't think it's it didn't it didn't rock my world, you know. I mean, I enjoyed it. Oh. It was creepy. I like. I yeah. could appreciate it. Slipping, I don't up, know if I ever, slipping off the cliff. 
I don't know if I ever want to, want to watch it again. I'm not going to crack it out on a no, Saturday night. Flying through the air now. He's like off the cliff. Let's <laughs> go straight ah! into, into the rocks. <laughs> well, I'll probably, probably give it a C. Okay. That's, 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 he's got one hand on. Yeah, no, you, you're off the cliff, but you haven't died. I'm kind of thinking about the plus. I'm okay. going to stick it at C. If it's, C. if it's a C plus, like, you know, he's he'll walk again. If it's a C, C, C okay. C, C, he, he's, C. he's alive but mangled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a C plus as well. But what did you give it? I'll give it a C plus. Um, just because I did enjoy it out of, all of, out of most of the uh, these older ones, uh, pre-cliff. Uh, PC yeah. films. Um, yeah, this is my favorite. I think it didn't make me cringe, okay. which I think like a lot of the older films made me cringe a bit. This didn't make me cringe. There wasn't like a token comedy character in there. <laughs> oh yeah, which is um, good. Yeah, there was an there was a, there was an uncle who was an absolute legend of his time. Just didn't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the performances were good. And as I said, creepy kids like I don't usually go for it. Unless it's like an absolute perfect like classic Poltergeist or The Omen, uh, yeah, don't really go for creepy kids. But this kind of like didn't annoy me as much as I thought it could have done. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if I was gonna. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, the kids are annoying. Like not kids in general, but I mean when they're in horror films and stuff, when they're like screaming and crying and shouting, because it's always a little bit over the top. And it's more like the performance that annoys me because it's like, yeah, I don't think a kid would do that. And there was a bit in this when Flora was doing that. The screaming, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, fake and like... forced and stuff. Uh, but you know, you got to give give. There are the kids; they're doing their best. Um, but I did, I did think Miles was really good in this. I thought he was good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was, he was a solid little lad, even though he did like snogging. Yeah, he did did like the snogging. I wonder, what, I wonder where he is now uh, on the public offenders list somewhere. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> public offenders list. Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't know what it's called. Perfect. He's, 60, he's 67 years old. Whoa. Um, oh. But he was only active in film from 1954 to 1966. So he only had five more years in it. Uh, and then he grew a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and like, nah. Then his voice broke. Yeah. Then his voice broke. I would like to find some. Well, I've got some pictures of him a little bit older. Interesting. He looks basically the same, but with grey hair. <laughs> okay, can imagine that. Still, pretty creepy. He was in the Village of the Damned as well. Oh, uh, okay. John, yeah, Car- John Carpenter. Uh, no, no, because he was only active till '66, wasn't he? John Carpenter didn't. didn't... Oh, right. Okay. Uh, he was in, yeah, like one of the. Yeah, oh. bloody getting it mixed up, lad. Okay. Village of the Damned. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll leave our googling for after the show, I think. Um, but. So C plus and a C, I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, next week, we're, we're talking about actually one of my favourite horror films in a long time. Uh, it Follows is up next. That's Have you seen it, Ben? Hell yeah. It's yeah, good. I have. It Follows. Greatest, one of the best soundtracks as well. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, so then, uh, this show is brought to you by the story studio, Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. Thanks to Kovach Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And remember to hit subscribe. Thank you to my co-host, uh, Ben, for being a real hard dude. Thanks to my missus, Catherine, for bringing me uh, sustenance and nourishment for, for the, uh, the long 
45 <laughs> minutes that we've recorded for. And, uh, you know, th- thanks to thanks to the God, the weather was quite nice today. Um, the God. The God. Yep. Thanks to the manufacturers of all good custard creams. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Fairy Liquid for supplying your trivia nonsense juice. Yep. And uh, thanks, thanks Ben, for pulling the goon face out. I think you really pulled that out of the bag today. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not good at much, but pulling out the goon face uh, just seems to come incredibly naturally to me. Very natural. Uh, it's almost difficult to put it away, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. I never know when to switch it off. Yeah. Doing a goon face again? No, I'm not. It's just my face. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm going to stop here. So, thanks, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.